Hey, welcome to the Real Life Youth Podcast, where we believe in being more like Jesus. My name is Pastor Tate Stevens, and I am the student pastor here at Life Church. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless. Let's go. So we're starting a new five-week series called Now What? The first week, we're going to title the message, How Do I Follow Jesus? Have you guys ever been like committed to something or said like you'd sign up for a project and you have no idea what's going to happen next? That's me. I'm guilty of that all the time. I'm like, yeah, I'll be there for the part. And I have no idea what's happening. Do you guys, only a few of you? Okay. Or maybe you've given your life to Christ and you're thinking, now what? Okay, now that I've given my life to God, what are the next steps? Let's be a little bit quiet, guys, or I'm going to splash you in the face with water. Trust me, we got lots of water up there. Just kidding. You know what's nice if people do that to me? I'm bald. So, never mind. So, anyways, but maybe, but maybe you've signed up for something. Maybe, maybe in your own Christianity, you're kind of thinking like, what next? And through this five week series, this is gonna be kind of like a teaching. So I'm not probably gonna share as many stories. So if you're starting to fall asleep, just stand up. So, anyways, what we're gonna do is through these next five weeks, we're gonna go through seven steps. Everybody say seven steps. And I got a slide for that. These are the seven steps or points that we're going to talk about is know, read, pray, listen, connect, worship, and share. I'm not going through all of those tonight. I think I'm only hitting know and read tonight. But this is something that we're going to go over these next five weeks. So are you guys ready? I, I, oh, that was nice. Yep. Thank you. So when we look at these steps, when we go through our own Christianity, and we're going through our own, our own walk and we're like, how do we grow our faith? Um, that's what I really want to hit on these points. Because have you guys been there? And I'm going to raise my hand for this. When I first raised my hand to be saved, I'm like, I have no idea what to do. I knew to pick up a Bible. I knew to start reading the word of God, but I didn't really know what to do after that. There was a lot of teaching that needed to be understood. Does that make sense? Good. You're shaking your head. Yes. Okay. So one of the first points that we're going to go through is how do we know how do we know what to do or how we are saved? When we invite Jesus into our life, everybody say Jesus. Jesus. It's because we've heard the gospel, right? Yeah. A lot of times you invite Jesus in your life. I mean, God can do something like so miraculous, but a lot of times when you're saying, God, I'm giving my life to you, it's because you heard the gospel, you heard the message. And a lot of times that's where we don't know what to do after that. We've heard the good news of Jesus Christ, but did you know that God has made everything that we see, like it talks about in Genesis, that God created the heavens and the earth, the stars, the birds, the fish, Minecraft. No, I'm just kidding. I was just kidding. Fortnite? Okay. I told you I'm not getting off topic today. Okay. So what we need to do is we need to, you'll hear people say like, we need to live in relationship with God. Have you guys heard that before? We need to live in relationship with God. You've never heard that? Okay, so you'll, you might hear that. You might hear like, hey, we need to live in relationship with God. And what does that mean? What does that mean to live in relationship with God? And this is stuff that we're going to answer throughout these next five weeks. So when we are in relationship with God, so oftentimes, you know, we hear people say that they're hurt by religion. Do you guys, does anybody here know anybody? I'm making this interactive today because I got so much caffeine and flowing through my body right now. Have you guys ever heard somebody say, I don't follow Christ or I don't believe in God because of somebody that hurt them in religion? I've heard that many times, but it's important to understand something is sometimes we can get our mindset so shifted. Does everybody, do you guys know Beethoven? You guys know who Beethoven is? Okay. So you, as you know, he's a very great composer, right? Okay. So did you say he's a singer? Yeah. Have you ever heard like the song Bye 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 and they do that motion? That's what he did. 
Yeah. Anyway, so Beethoven. So, okay, let's say if Nani's going to start playing some Beethoven, and I don't mean this out of disrespect, but I believe you, but let's say you're really bad at it. Are you going to, so if Nani plays a Beethoven song and it's terrible, it's like cats screeching your nails on the board, whatever it is, but let's say she's really bad at it. Are you going to blame Beethoven? Are you going to blame Nani? We're not blaming you. Happy birthday. We're not blaming you. But anyway, so you're, gonna, you're not going to blame Beethoven for somebody else playing something horribly, right? And it's like that in Christianity is people say, I don't believe in God because somebody you know, did me wrong or something like that. But we have to change our perspective on that. If somebody is misrepresenting Christ, we're not going to blame God. We want to blame that person. In a loving way, I'm going to blame you in a loving way. But that's the point is what I'm saying, though, is so many times people say I'm hurt by religion when in reality they're just misrepresenting God. So it's not God's fault, it's not Jesus' fault that this person is doing these actions that are maybe unbiblical. So when you are growing up, when you are you know, going through high school, middle school, whatever it is, keep that in mind. If you're hurt by a pastor, if you're hurt by a leader, don't blame God. Come and talk to a different leader. Come and talk to a different pastor and let's talk through those things. All right, I got a lot of scripture for you guys today. You guys excited? All right, you should be. That was the right answer. So, okay, so everybody say John 14. What do I always say? If you have your, no, I don't always say John 14. But if you have your phone, you got your Bible with you. So download the Bible app. I'm going to highly recommend it. So, all right, John 14, 6. John 14, 6 says that Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. When we read this scripture, God is saying, you can come straight to me. So many other religions, and I'm not necessarily here to bash other religions or tell you don't go this religion, that religion. But what I'm trying to tell you is if you are a part of a religion, maybe you don't go to life church and they're telling you that you got to talk to a priest or you got to talk to um, a physical person in order to get saved and confess your sins, you got to be careful because you can go straight to God for that. Now, it's great to have somebody pray for you, right? It's great if I'm going to pray for you and your mountain dude and your Pringles that bottle flipped it. I saw that. But what I'm trying to tell you is like, if somebody's trying to tell you like, Hey, you got to come to me. Like me, if I'm saying to you, like, you got to come to me to confess your sins and you got to come to me to be forgiven. That's not biblical. God, he gives us open communication, right? So he gives us open communication. So if you're driving home, you're not the one driving home and you're closing your eyes and you're praying, or you just, maybe you're driving home like me and I'm praying, you know, yelling on Bangator and all that kind of stuff, like I've said before, but I'm just like, God, you know, heal these people or my wife, when she sees an ambulance go by, you can talk directly to God, or maybe you screwed up. Maybe you did something you weren't supposed to do. You don't have to, I don't have to go to you to pray about it. I can just say, God, forgive me, forgive me of my sin. You have direct communication with God. And I want you to remember that. But there was a moment in time that when we read scripture, there was a moment in time that living in good morals with God was broken. Could you guys guess when this sin happened? No. 19 something. You're very close. Very close. Like 1932, like yeah. thousands, like thousands of years ago. Yeah, yeah right. A thousand BC. <laughs> okay, I've got to stop. Um, can you guys guess from the first, well, I shouldn't say first sin because technically Lucifer falling, all that kind of stuff. But do you guys know the name Adam and Eve? Yeah. Okay. So there was a time. They ate the apple. 
It was the snake's fault. Was it the snake's fault or was it Eve's fault for giving into temptation? <gasps> Mic drop. I'm just kidding. But anyways, <laughs> told you. I, I got what, 740? Okay. So you have this great fall in the garden, right? You have this great fall in the garden where sin starts to come into the world. Everybody say sin. sin. I'll say, Jesus, forgive me. Could you imagine if sin never happened? Like, if you read scripture, like, just even the whole birthing process, not that you guys want to know about that, but Eve, Dane, you Eve, right? So sin brought evil, disease, and death into this world. That's what sin is, is it sets you apart from God. If you are sinning, it's separating you from God. Keep that in mind. And we've talked about all sorts of sin in the world. Sins of these temptation that the enemy wants you to fall into, of whether it's movies, uh, things you're looking at, anything like that. If you are knowingly sinning, let's say, and you're falling into these temptations, I want you to realize something that God's not going to forgive, uh, turn his back on you, but that sin's going to separate you from God. Now, God is never going to just cast you aside and say, I'm never going to forgive you because he has this amazing thing called grace. Everybody say grace. grace. But it's important to understand. You can't just be like, you know what? I'm going to go do this because God will forgive me. That's not the right heart. You want to live the best you can unto God. But if you are sitting there in life and you are knowingly sinning, that's a heart change that needs to happen. It's a heart transformation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Saying does that make sense a lot because I don't know why. Is God doesn't cause sin. Man causes sin. So you hear a lot of times as well, people, when you're going through your faith, people say like, well, how does God kill babies? How does God allow cancer to happen? How does God allow these kids to get sick and to be never healed? Now, some answers we're not going to know, but I need you to understand that God is not going to cause the diseases, but he can do something so amazing from it. Remember that story I told you guys a while back about how one of my friends was going through cancer and he came out of that cancer and their whole family was saved? Or my, or my, cousins that, or my cousin that died in the car accident, my uncle died two weeks after, and then three of my relatives gave their life to Christ? Now, of course, I'm brokenhearted that within two-week time frame, my 20-year-old cousin and my like, six-year-old uncle died, but three people in my family realized how important God is in, God is in this world. Amazing things that God can do. God didn't cause them to pass away, but God pulls something so good from it. Have you guys heard of the city Sodom and Gomorrah? Like the flames that came down or the fiery rocks that burned down the whole city? I'll tell you later. But if you get the reference, so basically what happened is you have this city. I'll tell you a little bit now. You have this city that there is so much wickedness. There's so much sin into it. And this is where people will say, they're like, you know, how can God just like, you know, kill these people? But do you know our God is an all-knowing God? Yeah. And this city was so wicked, sin was so deep that God knew there was going to be no repentance from these people. So instead of this sin infecting the world, God got rid of them. Just like, just, just like the flood. There was so much wickedness in the world that God needed to start fresh, that God needed to start new. And it's not because he's an evil God, but there's something so amazing that God does every time is he wants to protect his children and he wants his children to have a relationship with him. And sometimes we just choose not to. And with our God being an all-knowing God, there's some amazing things that he can do in your life. Now, God is never to flood the earth or like have fire rocks come down on Utah or anything like that again. But I'm serious, though, is like, 
sometimes that's why it's so important is when we give our life to Christ, we got to understand the context of the Bible. We got to understand the history. I talked to you guys about slavery months ago. Slavery does not mean what it means today. Slavery is not the same thing back in the Roman times versus what slavery meant, you know, however long ago when all of that slavery was going on. So you have to understand the context of the Bible. Does that make sense? Yeah. Read the word. Talk to people. Use Google. I'm not saying Google's right, but use Google. And if it's biblical, I do a lot of that. I research like a lot of stuff. If I'm reading a verse, I'm like, Lord, what does this mean? And I'll research it. I'm like, oh, okay. You got to cross-reference, but make sure you're studying God's word. All right, everybody say Acts 2. I got four verses, but they're short. Okay, so Acts 2, 21. How are you guys doing? You guys doing good? Yeah. Told you it's going to be more of like a teaching thing today instead of me just being all crazy. But all right, so Acts 2, 21 says, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, what's the last part say? Oh, you guys can say it better than that. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be? Oh, I like it. You guys are amazing. So now that you say, I'm raising my hand and I'm giving my life to Christ, right? Or God, you're a child of God. You've committed. You're saying, God, I trust you. And you, as we know in our walk, in our faith, we got to meet God. God's not a magician, right? Everybody say magician. magician. That's not what God is. God, I need a million dollars. Oh, maybe he'll bless you with a million dollars somehow in some way. I don't know. But God's not a magician or a genie or nothing like that. I meant to say genie, actually. So everybody say genie. So he's not this genie that, you know, you can do these three wishes. Now, there's this powerful thing called prayer. And God can do some amazing healing. But we got to do our part in our walk. We got to read God's word. We got to worship. We got to pray with people. We got to stay faithful, steadfast. Don't back down from your faith. Don't back down. You're going you're gonna to get into some difficult situations. But don't ever, don't ever, and I'm, I'm just saying this right now, not to like scare you or nothing like that, but don't ever walk away from what God is, what God stands for. Amen? Amen? All right. Got you, girl. Amen. So when you give your life to Christ, you're given a new life. You guys heard that term? Hey, I got a new life in the Christ. Have you guys heard of that? No. So you're not getting a physically new body. And if I ever would, I wish I'd have like luscious hair and all that stuff. No, I'm just kidding. So anyway, so, so you, you'll hear like, hey, I've given, you know, I've created new. I have a new life into Christ. And that's not talking a physical body. You're not talking physical body. We are made up, you know, when you look at the scriptures, we have spirit, soul, and body. When you really look at it, spirit, soul, and body. And your spirit is what gives life to your body. Your spirit is what's made new. Your spirit in Christ is what is made new. So yes, you are a new creation and you've renewed your spirit, meaning literally you have new life in Christ. The old you has died and the new you is you. Does that make sense? I just hit my knuckle. The new you is, is you. Having new life in Christ means now that we have those eternal promises that God has talked about. You know, it's really unfortunate that some people who never hear the gospel, I don't know what happens with them, but you'll hear about these some villages in like Africa or whatever it is that they never, they're so desolate that they never hear the gospel. They never hear the good news of Jesus Christ. And I just pray that one of these days, some missionary or somebody is going to walk into their village with these Bibles. Because when us as Christians, we can take this for granted. We can take this for granted. How many times, when's the last time, I'm not, this is a rhetorical question, meaning don't answer it. 
How many, when's the last time you opened up your Bible? I'm not, don't raise your hand and say like, whatever, but I need you to think about that. If you go like this and it makes like a dust mark, you need to read your Bible more. Does that make sense? On your phone, instead of playing like Pokemon Go or Fortnite on your phone or something like that, think about it. How much scripture have you read today? How much have you studied? Make God the first priority in your life. Everybody say priority. So now that we have discussed the no, I want to, I'm going to really quick, because I'm running out a little bit of time, is we're going to go through the point of read, read, whatever you want to call it. So reading the Bible, learning what God thinks. Everybody say God thinks. God thinks. Learning what God thinks. So as a new believer, how can we know that what God wants us to do? Do you guys have any guesses of how you can know what God wants you to do as a new believer? Thank you. That's why I picked this up. How do you know what God wants you to do? Read the Bible, read the word, be in prayer. When you're confused, when you're angry, when you're going through some things in life and you just don't know what to do, pick up your Bible. Maybe reach out to a friend. I mean, always put scripture first, but reach out to a friend that you know is gonna support you in your walk and just talk with them. Discuss the word, discuss God. Go through the Bible because God will reveal himself through his word. The word meaning the Bible. God, when you are reading this, there are sometimes I am reading it and I'm like, oh, you know, this verse is cool. Awesome. And I flip past it. Maybe two months later, I read the same verse and it hits me completely different. It hits me completely different. It just depends what I'm going through in that season. Season of my life, I, we struggled to have kids. We really struggled to have kids and we opened up scripture. This is really bad, but I don't remember what the scripture verse was, but it hit us in that moment. It gave us comfort and peace to trust in the Lord. Or there was that one time that I maybe told you guys this story. I don't know if this was back in Fargo or not, but um, I was just sitting on the couch and I've read the scripture so many times in Philippians talking about healing. And I'm just like, okay, cool. Our God's a healer. Our God's an amazing God. But God told me to pray over Kristen's foot. And I'm like, I'm not praying over foot. <laughs> like this is, this is dumb. I'm not praying over it. I was embarrassed is what I'm saying. But I, and then God is just like, he gave me like a sickening feeling. It was me giving me a sickening feeling of not obeying his word. So I prayed over Kristen's foot, right? Her foot was healed. And then he immediately downloaded Philippian scripture in my mind. He immediately put a scripture in my mind. I went straight to the Bible. I've read this verse countless times, but it had new meaning as her foot was healed. That's what I'm telling you. The verse can hit you so different in the season of life that you're going through. But when we read scripture, God will shape our hearts and our lives through his word. The more you read God's word, the more your heart's going to be transformed. The more you're praying with God, the more your heart's going to be transformed. I've told you guys many times I've put my fist through sheetrock, right? The more time, like I punched the wall. I had a very bad issue way, way, way back where my anger got the best of me. And probably every door in our house had a hole. I'm just being real and just being honest. But the more I spent time with God, the more scripture I read, the more I worshiped God, that anger is not there anymore. I don't even remember the last time I hit a wall or a door. Now, yeah, I get angry. Like the dude that uh, showed me a birdie today when I was, I apparently turned around on one of the roads. I didn't get angry at the dude. I'm just like, ah, bless you, brother. And that probably made him more mad. I don't know. But seriously, God will transform your heart. I don't have those anger issues anymore. Second Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says this. Go home. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't say that. I don't got the right verse. So 2 Timothy 
3.16, can you put it out there, please? It says that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are, when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Spending time in the Bible is a transformation in itself. How many times when you're looking at the scripture and it says that God will correct us, how many times, like for me, okay, my anger issue, that it actually says in scripture that be careful for what you do within your anger. So God knows that we have these emotions in our life that we can get angry, but it's what we do within our anger. As soon as I read that and I realized the ways that I was lashing out was not right. The ways that I thought I was getting rid of my anger of punching things was not right. God will correct you in scripture when you read it. You'll have an understanding. But I do, I encourage you, if you are reading God's word and you are so confused, don't just let it go. Study it. It doesn't matter. You know, I wish somebody would have told me this when I first became saved. It doesn't matter how many pages of the Bible you read. It matters what you're getting out of it. So if you read three verses, I spent on one word in the Bible. Now remember the word because it was so long ago. Forgive me. One word, I went on a three-hour rabbit trail of what it meant. I literally read one word, and I said, I have no idea what that means. Lord, give me more wisdom. But I read this word, and essentially what this preface of this word meant is it was like talking about these Christians. It talked about these Christians that were walking back in the Roman days, and then the Romans would take them into their Colosseums, and then they'd take animals, try to fight these Christians, and they would die to their death by fighting these animals. One word went into this crazy study. So it's important to know the context of what you're reading. So again, I've said it like three times, but make sure you are really studying what the scripture says. Every man slash woman of God, every new believer should read the Bible every day. I know we're not perfect, but what do I say to you guys every time we start a message? If you have your phone, you have your... Not close. What I normally say is if you have your phone, you have your Bible. I love you, bro. You have your Bible. And the really cool thing about the Bible app is, do you guys know what devotions are? You don't? Okay, so like a daily devotion. So like today, I started a, I don't know where I put my phone. I, ha I started another daily devotion today about men and their anger. And so what it, what it is, is that somebody usually types up a message or like a short, you know, insert or whatever you want to call it. And it's some encouraging words with some scriptures to go along with it. If you don't know where to start in your Bible, find a devotion. Go to that Bible app, click on plans on the bottom and find a devotion. It's amazing. Absolutely. One of these times with our youth, we're going to do a devotion together and it's going to be glorious. But if you don't know where to start, jump right into that Bible app. Click on devotion. It's all free. There's hundreds, if not maybe thousands, maybe. I don't know. But there are free devotions that you guys can get for as long as you want. So I encourage you to do that. Talking about the devotion app. I'm going to give you three questions that I want you to ask yourself when you're reading the Bible. So number one is what does the verse say? Read it. Two, what does the verse mean? So when you read the verse, don't just read it. Understand what the verse is saying. And three is what does this verse mean to me? What does this, don't read that optional introduction thing. I forgot to delete that. But number three is what does this verse mean to me? So when you are reading scripture, that's a challenge. If you got your phones on you right now, take them out, take a picture of that screen, because that is something that I do to, do to myself all the time, is I say, okay, what, I'm reading this verse. What does this verse mean and how can it apply to me? I'll even go as far as, okay, who is the author of this book? You know, just because I want to expand my knowledge a little bit in the gospel. 
So I highly encourage you guys to either write those down, take a picture of it so that when you're going through the Bible, you'll have a better understanding. You will increase your understanding of God and his word if you ask these questions. So don't worry again, like I've told you about, I really want to put an emphasis on that. Don't worry about reading 20, 30 pages on one night of the Bible. Just really worry and focus. No, I shouldn't say worry. Really focus on the context of the verses you're reading. Okay, does that make sense? Okay. So I'm going to pray for you guys. You guys been having a good week so far? Okay, it's been a good week, hasn't it? But I want to pray for you guys. Maybe you guys are struggling in God's word. Maybe you're saying, I don't even have a desire, Pastor Tate, to even read the Bible. I don't have a desire to worship, but you want to. But it's really hard for you to get into, an, get into it. I know what it's like to read a book. I love to read, but I know what it's like to read a book, especially when I read a whole chapter and then I reflect on myself, something similar to this of like, what did I just read? And I'm like, I have no idea. It happens, right? It happens. But what I want to pray for you about is I want to pray for you, for you guys to just have encouragement in that, to have, to have that desire, to have that fire in your heart to read God's word. And number two is if you've never given your life to Christ or to God, if you never said, God, I want to make you ruler in my life, can you put your hand in the air? Let's do every head bowed, eye close. I'm going to ask that question one more time. Sorry, it's caffeine's getting the best of me. If you've never given your life to Christ and you want to make that commitment tonight, can you put your hand in the air? Awesome. Awesome. I say it time and time again. My wife is amazing and beautiful. I love my children, but giving my life to Christ was the best thing I ever did in my life. Pulled me out of bad situations, bad trouble I was getting in, and giving my life to Christ was the best thing I could have ever done. And even if you didn't raise your hand, you can still say this prayer with us. So let's pray for the second thing first. Father, from this day forward, I just want to give my life to you. Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. God, we believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die on that cross, to rise three days later. God, we know we cannot do this life without you. So God, forgive us and give us strength. God, we want to make our life new in you. And going forward from this day, from this hour, this minute forward, God, we are dedicating our lives to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to pray for the first thing. So one more time, because you guys are amazing. Father, we just want to be able to just have a desire in our heart to read your word. God, give us a passion after you. When we are reading your word and we are reading your context, God, we just pray that you give us a knowledge and an understanding. God, just let us just be in your presence. Let us feel the Holy Spirit into our lives. So God, as we continue about our faith, when we get challenging questions, God, give us the wisdom to answer these questions. Give us the faith, give us the boldness to be unashamed so that when we go through school, that when we are with our friends and they ask if we're a Christian, we say, yes, we're a believer. We're a follower of Christ. God, I want to pray over boldness in this room tonight, that we will never back away from our faith, that we will never deny God, but that we will always love you, we will always grow in faith, and we will grow in your word, God. So we just pray, Lord, in this place tonight, that you give us knowledge, you give us wisdom, a knowing, an understanding, and a thirst after your word. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, all right. So you guys. Hey, thank you so much for joining us on our podcast. I hope this message spoke to you. And if it did speak to you, you can reach out to us at lifechurchutah.com or any of our social media platforms, and we'd love to connect with you. God bless and have a great rest of the day.